Hello, my name is Matthew Dick, and I'm the creator and producer of First Stories, Tales from Turtle Island. What you're about to hear is unedited, and some of the stories and topics could be challenging for the listener. The aim of this podcast is to give the audience the experience of sitting fireside with an indigenous elder, knowledge keeper, or storyteller. For those of you who are familiar with podcasts, First Stories doesn't follow an interview format. The reason for that is that this is about the succession of knowledge. In our indigenous communities, we hold our elders, knowledge keepers, and storytellers in high regard. When they feel we are worthy of a teaching, we close our mouths, open our hearts, and listen. For this knowledge is not only sacred, but has been a critical factor to our survival as a people. It is my prayer that you will listen, learn, and be inspired to have meaningful conversations about what you hear and appreciate the rich diversity and beauty of our planet's indigenous people. You're listening to First Stories. Tales from Turtle Island. Good evening, everyone. My name is Dennis Allen, and I'm originally from Inuvik, Northwest Territories. And I'm uh, Inuvialuit. My father is Inuvialuit, and my mother is Vantatkwichin Indian from Okro, Yukon. And uh, my father's people originally came from Alaska in the mid-1800s when there were no borders and people moved around freely and they were nomadic Inuit. They're actually called Inupiaq Eskimos. And um, so we have a lot of relatives yet in Alaska, um, I've only met a handful of them, but uh, I'm aware that uh, my great-great-grandfather and my great-great-grandmothers on my, on my father's side uh, are from Alaska. And on my paternal grandparents' side, they came from a place called Anaktuvik Pass, which is interior Alaska, and they were called the Nunamut. Nuna in the Inuit language means land, and mute, M-U-I-T, refers to people. So it's they're called the Nunamut, the, the inland people, and they were caribou hunters. And they were uh, going through famine in approximately 1880 because the caribou had changed their migration route so the entire village started walking towards the coast where they knew there were traders at that time because the uh, traders were starting to infiltrate Alaska. Actually, they had been in Alaska for probably, you know, two or three generations already. And also the Russians had been in Alaska and had infiltrated uh a good part of Alaska because they actually owned Alaska. So um, my father's people 
um, they walked to the coast and they lost a lot of their uh, a lot of the children perished and the the older people perished because they just could not uh, withstand the hunger that they went through and then another group of uh, these people walked into they didn't know it was Canada at that time but they walked into the Yukon into the North Yukon and they walked into a place called the Crow Flats, the old Crow Flats, and that's where they met the Guchin people. And and uh, the Guchin people nursed them back to health. They fed them. Uh, the, the, the Guchin at that time, they had uh, lots of uh, small game animals. They had rabbits, ptarmigan. Uh, there were a few scattering of caribou and moose and muskrats. That was, that was the... Um, one main food source that they had that nursed uh, these people back to back to life. And so from there, they moved to the coast. They walked to the coast to a place called Herschel Island. And they stayed in Herschel Island and uh, settled there as a tribe. And that was my great-great-grandparents on my, on both, on both my father's uh, father's uh, maternal and paternal side. And so they stayed uh, at Herschel Island and began to trap white foxes. And they made a really good living. And my father was born in 1928. And uh, he lived his life as a nomadic hunter and trapper. And so he traveled with his grandparents because in those days, everybody traveled with their grandparents. And the grandfather was the, was the chief of the, of the band of people. And uh, he dictated where people went and people trapped and who went where. And, and actually, there were arranged marriages. However, my father... Uh, met my mother when he was a teenager, and my mother was a Vantatkuchin Indian, and she moved to a Klavik uh, to go to school. Her grandfather was a was a chief in Okro, and his name was Chief Peter Moses, and he was the longest running chief from 1934 to 1956. And he recognized that the old ways were dying, and that the new way of life was coming in, and there was no there was no denying it and there was no getting around it. So he wanted his granddaughter to learn to read and write. And so he sent her to school in the Klavik where, her, where she reunited with her mother and her, her little sister who was sickly. And they had to move to a Klavik years earlier to be near the hospital. So, and my parents met in a Klavik in the 50s, in the early 50s and got married and started the family and uh, I was born in 1961 when they moved from Aklavik to Inuvik which was a brand new town built overnight by John Diefenbaker to open up the north and he wanted a new center uh, for the western arctic and so he built Inuvik pretty much overnight. Uh, there were roads built, an international airport, uh, housing, running water, telephones, TVs. And he brought the 
Inuvialut and the Gwich'in people into the 20th century. And that's when I was born in. So I was born uh, at a time when my parents were just moving off the trap line. And I was fortunate enough to spend much of my youth on the trap line with my mom and dad and learned a lot of uh, my father's traditional Inuit ways. And uh, so I, that's how I spent my childhood was out on the land. And now that I'm moving into my later part of my life, I I miss I miss that way of life. Um, I'm raising my family now. I'm down in southern Canada, and we've been away from the north for many years now. But the north still is inside me. It's something that I that will never go away. And springtime, for example, is a very emotional time for me because. Springtime is a, a uh, hunting season for us. We hunt geese and we hunt uh, muskrats in the, in the springtime and uh, also caribou up in the mountains. And uh, coming up in July is a whaling season where we go hunting beluga whales down at our camp on the Arctic coast. So I grew up a bit of a nomad traveling to different hunting camps and I still, I miss it, and I plan to go home someday, and um, that is my goal, is to eventually end up back home and uh, spend lots of time in one of the many cabins we have still out on the land, and uh, so that's that's my story, and um, I just want to extend uh, greetings to all the other First Nation people throughout Canada, throughout the different provinces, and down into the states. Uh, we've all come through difficult times in our lives, but we're resilient people. And I think what holds us together is our connection to the land. And if you've lost that connection to the land, I just encourage you to try and go back to your community and go back to your people and find yourself in your community and find yourself on the land. Whoever you are, wherever you are, join us again next time around the fire for more Tales from Turtle Island. First Stories is brought to you by Connections Community Services Indigenous-led Outreach and Support Program Created and produced by Matthew Dick With support from The Gulf of Georgia Cannery The Richmond Public Library And the Province of British Columbia Hey, I hope we hope.